Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting daikinloveshouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. Here's the snap. Looking. Flips the ball. Diving for the pylon. And he's got it. Razzle dazzle. Touchdown, Houston. And the Texans go in front. Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do. Now, it's Texans All Access. Welcome, everybody, to this Monday edition of Texans All Access. From the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter. So glad to be with you. Although yesterday was a little bit of a gut punch. Oy, not so good. Mark and I have talked about that all day. Two hours of Texas Monday. We did it on the coaches show also. So we're going to talk to John McClain and to Andre Ware. We get a chance to talk to them each and every Monday. But we're going to kick this thing off with my good friend, the general manager of Lone Star Sports and Entertainment. And yes, this is Texans All Access. No doubt about it, this is Texas All Access. However, in the building we have Lone Star Sports and Entertainment, and there's so many different things that Lone Star Sports and Entertainment gets an opportunity to do, and one of the biggest is the Texas Bowl, December 31st. Joining me tonight to discuss a number of different things is my good friend, David Fletcher. Fletch, how you doing this evening, my friend? Johnny, it's always good to spend time with you, buddy. And, uh, you know, I, I know we've all been, been burning the midnight oil, uh, trying to figure out ways as best we can control to make it through the football season, college, pro, high school, you name it. Got the playoffs starting this weekend for 6A and 5A in the high school ranks. Texans coming off a tough loss, but uh, hopefully can get back on the right track. On the college football front, it's kind of the last weekend of the season, maybe for some people, some it's not, some have already finished, some have a lot to go, but nevertheless, <laughs> uh, it's good to have football here, and um, we're incredibly excited about this year's Texas Bowl, uh, a New Year's Eve celebration, the last sporting event on the calendar of 2020, thank goodness, I think, um, and we've got a Big 12 SEC matchup that's going to make a lot of people's New Year's Eve uh, a fun one, at least to watch, uh, and uh, we're really excited about that, but We've got a couple of really exciting announcements um, that I um, appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to share today. I, I, won't, even, I won't even waste any more time. Um, we are very excited to welcome a new title sponsor for the Texas Bowl. The 2020 Texas Bowl will now officially be the Mercari Texas Bowl, uh, welcoming in one of the global e-commerce giants uh, of, uh, of uh, that space and are really excited to, to welcome Mercari uh, to uh, our, our family and uh, what they'll bring to the table. You know, this is a Japanese-based company, a uh, global, um, the, the eBay of Japan, and they're making a big splash here in the U.S. as they launch their efforts, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of that effort as, um, as they look to bring fans together through their marketplace. 
Fletch, I got to ask you, because I'm, you, you know me, I'm enamored with really, well, really everything that goes with the bowl game. But one thing is always the swag bag, which with Mercari involved, that makes a pretty interesting swag bag. Um, the second one is even more important, and that is how does something like this happen, Fletch? Like, how do you, how do you make it with Mercari? I mean, I know over years past, you know, with Academy and other sponsors that we had in the bowl game, you know, uh, getting that done, I, I know, was, was tough as well. But I'm always interested in the process of how this goes down. How were you able to get Mercari involved to be the title sponsor for the bowl? Yeah, it's a great question, Johnny. And, and uh, really, you know, it's one of those situations where, where, where timing is everything. You know, the e-commerce platform uh, in this particular environment is something that, that a lot of people have relied on. Yep. Um, it's, it's, done, it's done well in this environment. You've got a partner in Mercari who is, is really coming to the U.S. trying to make a big splash. Uh, and um, it's a San Francisco-based company here in the U.S. But, um, you know, they, they see the opportunity through college football and particularly these major events that have big audiences and, and can connect them into important markets in a quick way and in, a, in an effective way. Um, and that's what you're seeing with this relationship. We've got a great partnership with ESPN um, and, and, their, um, and their, their agency in, in Impression Sports that, that really all help bring this together. Um, it's part of a big campaign for them as they, as they launch uh, a new brand initiative and um, really an opportunity for them to go into one of their most important markets, Houston, uh, which is the only market in the, in the country that they are, are launching their, their Mercari Now platform, which is a, a partnership with, with Postmates to be able to deliver safe sales through that e-commerce platform uh, and do it uh, right here in your own neighborhood. So um, you, you add all those things together, um, it certainly is, is something that we're really excited about. They are going to add a tremendous value to the experience. And you mentioned the swag bag. Yeah, we've got a great, we've got a great list of things that we're working through uh, with their addition to, uh, to enhance that. Always a, a favorite part of the experience for um, a lot of uh, the participants. But, but Johnny, really, it, truthfully, um, you know, I think in an environment where we're relying so heavily on technology and, and everybody's trying to do things as safe as they possibly can in this environment. Um, having a, a partner like this that delivers on a platform um, is something we're really excited about. Yeah, no doubt. And I know over the years, Fletch, we've talked about uh, various aspects with the bowl now with Mercari involved uh, and having that relationship. I think that's going to be great. And then, then you've always had the relationship with the SEC and the big 12, which you, uh, you and LSSC and the Texans have worked to foster and cultivate uh, over the years. And it's two conferences where, you know, look, we, we've had some, some crazy ups and downs in this college football season. But of the conferences that have played a, a relatively full season, these two uh, have done it. As you look at where things sit right now, and I know that you can't, quite put your finger on what happens because maybe A&M and Alabama get in to the playoff. There are a lot of different things that can happen, but as you start to look at the bowl game itself and some of the matchups that you could potentially have in this bowl game, A, which ones or which teams do you look at and go, hey man, that would be a really good fit in our bowl, Fletch, and B, we talked about this aspect before. How much will the geography of the matchup matter for not only a Texas Bowl, but just bowl season in general? Yeah, it's, it's a great, great question, Johnny. A lot to unpack there. So, you know, certainly I'll start with the, the game week and, and the relationship we have with the Big 12 and the SEC. I mean, we, we couldn't be more thrilled with
how that's gone for the fans and for our community uh, over the last six years. Um, this year, uh, starting the second six-year cycle uh, with uh, with that partnership that started in 2014, and and um, you know, obviously a different year as a whole. Um, our, our bowl week will be much more of a business trip for our participating teams. Um, there will not be any any fan facing. Or, or, or team events, which is, um, you know, uh, very challenging for us on the on the promoter side that, uh, you know, we work all year long to, to be able to put together, you know, a, a true celebration of the culture, heritage, and football tradition of the Lone Star State. And um, things like the Rodeo Bowl that the teams, you know, are, are so thrilled to be able to participate in. We're just not going to be able to do this year, and it's very understanding. However, um, I mentioned I do have two announcements. Um, the other big announcement that we're, we're very excited about uh, that will enhance this experience is that um, we, we did announce today we will have fans um, being able to, to join us for this year's game. Um, so, uh, very same parameters that um, we uh, we have with the Texans. Yep. Um, maximum of 13,000 fans will be able to, uh, to to come and enjoy this year's Mercari Texas Bowl. And that um, will add a great atmosphere to, to the stadium. Not the one we're typically used to, but but certainly will add, um, add some energy into the building and um, you know, as, as we do uh, always, um, that, that will be subject to the, the county uh, parameters and, and the strictest of safety guidelines. But, um, you know, we, we are really excited to be able to do that. And tickets will be going on sale Friday, to be exact. So uh, if, you are, uh, if you're looking for something to do on New Year's Eve, uh, whether it be a, a fun, safe family experience or uh, you want to come root on your favorite team from the Big 12 of the SEC, uh, MercariTexasBowl.com. You can get on the wait list now, and then tickets will go on sale Friday. So that's uh, – that's a great development for us, you know, as it relates to creating a, a, a true, uh, true energy in the building. Um, as it relates to, um, you know, how the, the, the game itself, what will be on the field may, may shape out, you know. The, the <laughs> it's a trick yeah. question. <laughs> in some sense, it is. <laughs> it's, it, it, on one side, it's, it is a trick question because, Flesh, there's so many things, like you said, to unpack because, you know, the number of wins, how many games teams have played, like that's so uneven across the, the landscape of what we're typically – uh, used to seeing, um, and, I, and that obviously throws a massive wrinkle into all this. So I know you've got a lot to unpack, but I know there's probably a few teams you look at and go, hey, maybe this team could get in our bowl game that maybe other times wouldn't be thought of for this game. Yeah, yeah I think, look, you have to look at a couple of factors. And first and foremost, um, with a Big 12 SEC matchup and where we sit in that, um, you know, in that pedigree, we, we know we're going to have a great matchup. You don't need to look any further than last year with A&M and Oklahoma State down yep. to the wire. Great matchup. You know, and I, 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 an interesting fact that I think you – I've heard you tout before. You know, th this is a game – not only does it have a great matchup every year, but it's a game that you're going to see um, teams that are on the rise. Yep. And, and what I mean by that is if you look at – the last three years just alone of, of, of who's won the Texas Bowl, uh, the Mercari Texas Bowl, you've had Texas, you've had Baylor, you've had A&M. Each of those teams the next year finished the season in the top 10. Yep. And, and you're seeing that right now with A&M, who's, who's got some work still left to do to close that out. But that's the type of, of, of uh, matchup you're going to see in this game is the teams that's really starting to get their stride and, and really using these games as a launch pad for future success. And so – you know, as we look at this year, I, I think, you know, there's still a lot left to be done. We were supposed to uh, be announcing uh, selecting teams this uh, this past weekend. Um, yeah. We did not do that, obviously. So, yeah. um, 
you know, this year's this year's announcement date is December 20th for our game. Um, and uh, so we're going to be right up against the wire with a short window. But we know Iowa State and Oklahoma are going to get together in the championship game on the Big 12 side. And um, that'll be a great rematch to watch. Uh, so, you know, looking at how things are playing out, Johnny, I mean, there are some factors that are different this year. The NCAA did waive the uh, the, the eligibility requirements as it relates to um, a 500 record this year uh, in light of uh, the circumstances. So, you know, that, that is a criteria that we don't necessarily have to include in, um, in our, in our uh, selection process. Um, doesn't mean we won't. Uh, obviously, you want to have teams that are, are playing well you know, that have great brands and, um, you know, have, um, can bring an energy to that, um, that national TV audience they're going to have. But, you know, I, I look around and, and you've got a really good crop of teams between TCU, who's on a, a great win streak. You know, you've got a team like Oklahoma State who was in the game last year, but, um, you know, has a, a great national brand and, and has done well. West Virginia hasn't been to our game. Um, and, and that's a team that, you know, is, is right there uh, in the in the wheelhouse for us. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, how, how the, the, the Texases or, or um, you know, the uh, the Oklahomas or, or Iowa State's of the world are going to be, you know, depending on how they finish their season. But, um, you know, we've got some options there. And then on the SEC side, it's, uh, it's wide open. You know, I mean, you mentioned it. Um, still a lot to be decided. Uh, A&M, Alabama have national championship and playoff um, you know, uh, desires and, and our position to be able to, to, to take advantage of that if things fall their way. Um, you know, we've got a lot of teams that um, in this region that um, we haven't seen in the game in a while or ever that, um, you know, I think are in the mix for us. Uh, for those that are listening, again, we, we don't select our team. The conference chooses it, but we do work with them on, on making um, you know, uh, priorities on who we think is best. Uh, I look at what, uh, what's going on with Ole Miss. You know, they were supposed to be in our kickoff game to start the year, yeah. and, and, and the lane trains got them rolling the last few weeks. Yep. Um, and, and a team that I, I would say keep an eye on just because, um, you know, one, they've got a great national brand. They, they are past Texas Bowl champion. Um, but they're a team on the rise that, that maybe didn't quite get where they wanted to be this year. But uh, given the, you know, given the implications of how the selection process has changed, I think what, what Coach Pittman's done at Arkansas has been flat out remarkable. And uh, he's got that team definitely with the arrow pointed up. So, you know, those are the teams that we've got our eye on. Um, but we'll certainly see how this weekend plays out, how it would, um, how, it, how it could adjust our, our thinking, and, and more importantly, you know, um, how the landscape unfolds. And um, uh, again, as I started this out, the only thing I do know is it's going to be a great matchup come New Year's Eve. We're incredibly excited to welcome people out to NRG Stadium for this year's Macari Texas Bowl. And uh, we're looking forward to see you personally out there and, uh, and, and helping to add to the show. There's no, no doubt. Now, Fletch, I'm going to give you some homework, okay? Um, because this, this probably needs a full-on segment. I'm going to give you some homework that I want you to right. think about, okay? Here's your homework. All right. What does the Coastal Carolina v. BYU game mean going forward for college football and I ask you that because I actually mentioned you in my article about the weekend that was because if anybody could have put a college football game on in three days in Houston (laughs) it would be you I think just personally and I'll get your response when you answer my homework assignment I have a feeling that that college football is going to look at what happened and some of those matchups and there are going to be some enterprising sorts like yourself 
that are going to be able to pull off matchups like that in big cities and big moments and have huge crowds when we can get to it. And it could potentially alter college football going forward because we get some of those matchups that we get in college basketball uh, because there's a tournament. So uh, you have some homework um, right. that I'm giving you in how do, how, does th- how do things change because of that one game that was planned in three days. Now, it hasn't been the only one. There have been a few others as well. But how does that one maybe change college football? Maybe it doesn't. So I'm going to leave you to your homework assignment um, as you should revel in the announcement today. As you said, the Mercari Texas Bowl, December 31st. going to be fantastic. Uh, limited crowd, but a crowd on hand to watch that game. Fletch, congratulations, my man. So proud of you. I'm proud of LSSC uh, and proud that you and I can get on the air and talk about this uh, at a time when, you know, things aren't great. But uh, like you said, to give the fans, the schools, an opportunity here in Houston like no other, uh, because I know you do that, man. I'm so happy for you, and I'm so proud of you, my friend. Hey, Johnny, we, a challenge accepted on the homework. Let, let's let's uh, I t- tell you what, that sounds like an episode of Football with Friends on Football Takeover. Yes, it does. What it sounds like. So. That's what it's um, exactly you got it, man. sounds like. But, but, but uh, no, we're, we're thrilled. Um, MercariTexasBowl.com. Tickets go on sale next Friday. Uh, looking forward to, um, to doing uh, a uh, – looking forward to having a, a safe and fun New Year's Eve at NRG Stadium uh, with uh, Big 12 and SEC. John Harris be there as well, so come join the party. Absolutely. Fletch, you're the best, man. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm no Adam Schefter, but I love breaking news. I love it. And I get the chance to unveil it right here on the show. <laughs> Sign me up. Congratulations to Fletch, LSSE, SEC Big 12, the Macari Texas Bowl, MacariTexasBowl.com. Get your tickets. Only 13000 as Fletch said. I'm going to be there. You come hang out with me on New Year's Eve and then go wherever you're going to go with your family, friends, whatever it might be. This is the way to do it. And I started thinking about what would be some good matchups, really good matchups. And I heard that TCU, TCU Ole Miss, now they've met in a bowl game before. It didn't go well for Ole Miss. But TCU Ole Miss, TCU Arkansas, that, those sounded really nice to me, by the way. I would love that. Boy, that would be fun. Either way, we'll find out more. I, yeah, this weekend. My gosh, it's, it's creeped up on us. This is championship weekend. Oklahoma, Iowa State in the Big 12. Alabama, Florida, and SEC. You've got Oregon replacing Washington for the Pac-12 taking on USC. Uh, what else do we have going on? What have I missed? Oh, Big 10. Ohio State, Northwestern, and the ACC. The number two and three teams in the country. Notre Dame taking on Clemson. It's a rematch, but Trevor Lawrence is back. Saturday night is going to be bonkers. Bonkers. It's going to be fun. Absolutely going to be a blast. And we will know and announce during the game against the Colts who we have in the Macari Texas Bowl slated for December 31st. So be listening to the game, and we will announce that, uh, I believe, either during the game or right afterwards. And we'll get that announcement and see who's going to be playing in that game. I can't wait. I, I love the bowl. Love it. Love it. Every single year. Every matchup has been damn good. Baylor-Vandy was a hell of a game. Last year's game, Oklahoma State A&M, excellent game. Texas-Mizzou, I don't think anybody saw that coming uh, from Texas, that kind of performance. So uh, it's going to be a fun time, so definitely check it out. All right, let's get back to talking some Texans. Next, with Andre Ware, our good friend. We had a great discussion with him this morning. We'll get to that next right here on Texans All Access. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. 
Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. Texans Radio. Texans Radio. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you by Miller Lite. During this time of social distancing, cheering on the Texans over a beer might look a little different today. As the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. Whether you're toasting to friends near or far, great taste is always close by. Miller Lite, championship partner of the Houston Texans. Great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season. You can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com slash buy beer online and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now, here's the show. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. Welcome back to the Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. And it's time to get into our discussion with our good friend, Andre Ware. We went a lot of different directions with our talk with Andre, and it was a blast. It's like three of us weren't even on the air. We just kind of chatting on the phone, which we do from time to time. Now, we do it through text. You don't really get it on a three-way call, but you kind of get the point. And we do this every single Sunday during break. So here he is, Andre Ware. What did you see yesterday from Watson as he's playing without a lot of weapons, still able to make some plays, but only seven points on the board at the end of the day? I think it was the first time that um, all season where Deshaun knew he was shorthanded and tried to do a little bit too much yesterday. And we've seen this in previous years where guys have been injured or he didn't have certain guys where he holds on to the football trying to allow plays to develop a little bit. And, you know, you can't fault him because he knew – he was shorthanded, just tr- trying to win a game, trying to make plays and, and things of that sort. He looked comfortable running the ball early, um, but he just had no one open enough to effectively move the team. Dre, yesterday, defense gives up an 80-yard touchdown run, held the Bears to six points, held the Colts to no points the week before, but the first halves have been deplorable, so I'll give you an either-or. Either or, which one's been worse? Deshaun's pass protection or first-half defense? Uh, I want to say first-half defense because there are times when Deshaun has plenty of time to uh, to throw the throw the ball. We can get out of false starts or holes where you, you put yourself you – you dig yourself in a hole, then, uh, then, then you got a shot at it. But I think the pass protection has been pretty good. The team is – Second in the league going into yesterday in uh, in yards per game at 279 and and some change. So obviously there have been uh, there's been pass protection, but the defense has really got to step up. When you allow uh, first drives to go down and score, when you allow the very first play uh, that the opponent has the ball to to break for 80, uh, that that you can't have and, and expect to compete, let alone win in football games. Right, it's easier said than done to get more takeaways. Just do it. Get picks, get sacks, get fumbles. But how do they do it? What do you think here? Because Anthony Weaver is going to join us at 5. We'll talk about this. But what do you think about getting more takeaways? What is that going to take? They have eight, and that's last in the league. 
Yeah, if you allow a guy to sit on his platform and throw the football, you're, gonna, you're not going to have many because he's throwing to a place where uh, there's no hurry in the throw. There's no pressure in, in getting him to throw the ball early or, or late or the ball gets tipped. Uh, you have to get pressure. That, that's when that's when takeaways come, usually, if it's not in the running game where uh, backs are fumbling and we just haven't had that that side of the, the luck happen for us. But uh, it's, it's if you're getting – pressured uh, pressure enough on a quarterback for him to make a mistake or feel that there's pressure sometimes when they're not you give the appearance of it and then back out and he throws into an area maybe thinking hot and somebody's sitting there but if you're not getting constant pressure consistent pressure then you're not going to have the turnovers they're just not going to come i know where this is going to go so i absolutely want to ask this question Dre, over the last 30 minutes, we saw Buddy Howell carry it 11 times. What do you think, mm. thinking back to seeing him run the ball? I've always thought Buddy Howell deserved a chance, uh, just based on his preseason film. I mean, hey, he, a guy, running backs are going to fumble. That's just part of the game. Receivers, return men, they're going to fumble. But you can't dig dirt on you know, can't dig a hole and throw dirt on them and forget about them uh, for the better half of three-quarters of a season. You just can't do that, if, especially if you're looking for a spark in your running game. And I've always thought Buddy Howe had a size, he had speed, he just needed an, uh, an opportunity. Yesterday he got it and he made the most of, of 11 carries. So will he get uh, more this week against Indianapolis? I certainly hope so. I think the kid can play. If He, he held up in pass protection the couple of times that they, they asked him to do that. I think uh, – uh, I'm not sure if he caught a pass or not, a swing pass out of the yeah, backfield, but he, he's shown and proven that uh, his hands are good enough. So uh, I've always felt, you guys know this, I've always felt that Buddy Howell deserved more of an opportunity than he was getting. Andre Ware joining us. All right, Dre, I asked you this kind of question a few weeks ago, maybe a couple I, I, of months one, ago. One, one second. Mark, yeah. I, Buddy Howell might end up being the best back on this team. Mm. All right. And I'll well, step out on that. More... I'll step out on that limb. He may be, but he may be the best back on this team, and we haven't even seen him play. Hmm. Maybe we'll see more of him down the stretch, which is my. Question, I'll ride with basically. you on that. I'll totally ride with Dre on that. Me and Dre, we'll ride that whip on that one for sure. Well, maybe it's time to try some new things. Who knows? Yeah. Because the Texans Absolutely. are officially eliminated, Dre. And and I asked you a few weeks ago, or I don't know how long ago, but what? Because you've been on teams that go to the playoffs and go far. You've also been on teams that don't. And they know they're not going anywhere. So what is this like right now for the team with three games left, the mentality of things as you want to play well, but you know you're not going to the postseason. That is done for sure. You're not even playing for a 500 or better season at this point. What do you think of the mindset in these final three weeks? Yeah, the speeches they're, they're getting now coming in the likes of uh, from the coaches. Hey, we've got to finish the season strong. We want to you know, evaluate you guys, so on and so forth. And, and the, the conversation that's taking place among players is, hey, there are 31 other teams that, that are going to see this film, so we've got to put a, our best foot forward. That's Those are the two conversations that are going on right now. Everybody knows that the playoffs are out, but you still got to play if you want to have a future in this league. And there are certain guys that are guaranteed that they're going to be playing somewhere next year, and there are certain guys that, you know, hey, we barely, I barely made this team. Uh, I've got to finish on a strong note. And, and so I think everybody needs to kind of adapt to that and, and figure out a way to, to win the last couple of games. 
Dre, I'm going to ask you this. I don't know if, if either of you all watched any of the Eagles game um, or even just saw highlights or just just know the result. And that is Jalen Hurts getting a start mm. as a rookie for the Eagles beats the Saints yesterday 24-21. And Jalen Hurts, the guy came out of Oklahoma, and everybody's like, look, he can run, he can run. I don't know if he can throw. I mean, that was my, my report. I think he can throw some things. He can make some throws, but yeah, he's going to take a little bit. Steps in, first start, beats the Saints. So this is kind of a two-pronged question, and, and both of you can chime in. But, Dre, I want to hear from you first. Jalen Hurts from Houston, from Channel View, great to see him doing that. I love that. What do you think of Hurts coming to the NFL? And the flip side of this is you've got this guy in Carson Wentz that you made a – a financial, not even just a stake financially in him, it's well beyond that. That his his dead money is like sixty million dollars at the end of this year. If you're Philly, what are you doing? What happened to Carson Wentz? Uh, uh, I've told you guys, I don't think Carson Wentz is the same player because of the injuries. The injuries have racked racked up, and he's not the same player. And whether or not he's thinking about it, so that's part of it, and that's that's all of it. If he's thinking about being hurt while he's out there or protecting himself while he's out there so he doesn't get hurt. But then there may be some physical limitations to what he can do because of the injuries. That's first and foremost. The second part of your question is I've always liked Jalen Hurts. I think he's handled it. He and his family handled that whole Alabama thing with class, dignity, and it shows you exactly what type of young man he is. They, they, They did it the exact right way. He didn't flinch when they went to Tua. He supported Tua. I went in to do a game, and Jalen Hurts got better. He got, if that's possible, he got better from being after being benched to the time that uh, he got to see the field at Oklahoma as their starter. I went in there; he's throwing balls like to him. His arm strength got better. His his release got better. His anticipation got better. And everybody around the program said, "Hey, he he took it to heart and went and got himself better." So he didn't he didn't uh, mope. He went to Oklahoma, not guaranteed a spot, but he took a spot there because they'd recruited well at that position. Took the job, ended up in New York uh, for the Heisman Trophy, and uh, then winds up as a second-round pick. So it doesn't surprise me that he beats uh, the New Orleans Saints in his first start yesterday. It surprises me that they were able to have two rushers that went over 100 yards against a team that hadn't allowed a a 100-yard rusher in 56 games. So that tells you a little bit about what Jalen Hurts brings to Philadelphia's offense. Will they go forward with him? I certainly hope so. Uh, but we all know that the, the, the monetary part of this will have some say-so from ownership and trying to get Carson Wentz back on, on, on the same page that he was in 2017. I just don't know how they get him there. I got a feeling you just have to find a, a new home for him. But financially, I don't know how you make that. I, 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 I actually think – I actually think he's going to end up in Indianapolis. That's where I think he's going to end up. Ooh. As Phillip gets a little older. Well, the Phillip story is Uh, looking pretty good here for them right now, Andre, but we still have some more chapters to write in the book of 2020 uh, if you're a team that's going to the postseason, of course. And right now they have the division lead, but we'll see. I mean, they're tied with uh, Tennessee. They split. They've got some tough ones down the stretch. Texans will be right there in their lair on Sunday at noon. What do you think of the Colts going forward? Yeah, this is one where uh, we're going to see much of the same. Because if you win a game and you, you know you have the type of success that they had in that within that game, uh, they're not going to change a whole lot. I think we'll we'll see a little bit more of the running game. 
Uh, they've got weapons on the outside, and T.Y. didn't do what he's usually done against the Texans, but he's, he's always a problem. Uh, they've got other younger receivers. Pittman is who's becoming a problem, and the tight ends are a problem. So if you thought that you know this week Chicago could run the ball, they've, they've got a couple. They've got as many as three that can obviously get it done uh, out of the backfield. So th- this is a tall order and a young defense with uh, DeForest Buckner back and, and playing well and, and that defensive front. It, it's it's a solid playoff football team that, that the Texans will face on Sunday. So not that I needed to, to solve the Colts quarterback issue, but for some reason driving up to go get COVID tested this morning, I figured it all out. And I, right. I'm gonna watch this. Watch, watch Andre Ware with this one. <laughs> the Colts, no matter where they end up, the Colts draft a quarterback in the first round by the name of Zach Wilson. He comes in. He sits for a year behind Ooh. Rivers. He sits for a year behind Rivers. He then takes over, a la Patrick Mahomes, and away the Colts go. I oh, would boy. hate to that, see that. that. That's yeah, scary. that'd be a nightmare scenario because you know how much I like that kid. Um, yes. I just think the connection uh, with Frank Reich and Carson Wentz and, and how coaches uh, feel like, especially if they've coached a player before, yeah. uh, they feel like they can fix that player. And and obviously Carson Wentz is a lot younger than Phillip Rivers, so I'm not sure they realize or, or think they can get a lot of years out of uh, where they can go on a run for years with Phillip Rivers. He may feel that way, but they may already know the, uh, what the time limit and the expiration date is on that package. So um, I, I could easily see them making the trade and, and eating the money uh, because they feel like they're getting a younger, better player um, at this point. And, and Frank Reich would be the guy to fix him. So if there's not, they don't do it through the draft because I'm not, I'm not sure where Indianapolis will pick. It'll obviously be late. And if Zach Wilson will be around for uh, the Colts to pick him. So I, I, I like it in terms of if you're an Indianapolis fan, because I like the kid that much that he's going to a place where he can sit and then he's got all these weapons and then eventually takes over and he is a top-notch talent in this draft or the upcoming draft if he d- indeed decides to come out uh, because he hadn't, he hadn't made that announcement yet. But I, I could easily see both scenarios if one over the other if 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 he does come out them drafting him also taking on Carson Wentz in his contract at some point Dre Baltimore at Cleveland tonight who wins this Browns nine and three Ravens seven and five they might be getting it back together but we'll see and Cleveland hey they got nine wins and we saw them up close and personal on a weird day if Baker holds it together I, I think the big thing for them and tell me if you agree, is if they can get Chubb and, and Hunt going, I mean, it's they're tough to stop. If that ground game is going for the Browns, they're a tough team to beat. Yeah, they are. But I also believe that when you have someone's number, you have someone's number. And uh, there are mm-hmm. you know, things that you could say during a game to get between players' heads. And, and Baltimore just has Cleveland's number, and they have for a while now. So even in, with this game being in Cleveland – uh, with Cleveland playing as well as they did. You just don't know who you're going to get with Cleveland. I, we were talking about that yesterday, that you can get Jekyll one week and you get Hyde the next. You have no idea which one is, is coming that week with him. With that being said, I just think Baltimore wins the game uh, with Lamar back and healthy, and, and all of a sudden he's, gets, he's getting some pieces back. Uh, they've, they've owned the Browns, and I think they'll own them tonight as well. 
I'm giving both of y'all 100 bucks. You can't go golfing. You got to go to Vegas, and you got to put it on one AFC team to win the whole thing, but you cannot put it on the Chiefs. So you got 100 bucks, put it on one team to go win the whole thing, not the Chiefs. Dre, what do you say? Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you it know what? I, Buffalo, I was gonna, it would be the Buffalo Bills. Yep. I was going to say that because to me, I think all the other teams, Johnny, are very prone to make the big mistake in the second half to lose the game, right? The Chiefs are the team I have the most faith in, but you eliminated them as far as not making the huge critical second half mistake or mistakes. I think the Bills are certainly capable of that. There's no question in my mind that the the Colts are capable of that. But, you know, I do believe the Colts are a serious threat here as long as they keep running the ball with Jonathan Taylor and, you know, that defense plays pretty well and Rivers doesn't turn into, I got to throw it into here no matter what, Rivers. And that's what's coming. That's going to (laughs) happen. They're going to have that game, and you just don't know when they're going to have that game. With Buffalo, it's a different story because they've been consistent, and it's just something about this team. When a team captures chemistry and they love playing together, you see them on the sideline last night jumping up and down mm-hmm. and creating their own energy and things. The, the defense, they're having fun doing it, kicking people's butts. Uh, this is this is a team that uh, – and I, I sent you guys a text last night. The trajectory of both teams, the Texans and the Bills, uh, after that playoff game from a year ago uh, has gone two different ways. And yep. you you gotta you got to give the Bills those credit and what Josh Allen's been able to do. He took it personally. That loss after Mm -hmm. he, you know, essentially that loss was on him last year against the Texans. He has bounced back and played in a major way and his team's having fun. And so when you, when you couple all that stuff together, they've got some energy and some juice that a lot of teams, I don't know that they have outside of Kansas city. We had such a great time having that conversation. If you want to hear the full conversation, go find our Texans Monday podcast, where you get our all-access podcast, HoustonTexans.com, or wherever podcasts are sold. And by podcasts being sold, I mean wherever you can get them for free, because that's where people get them. So I don't know how you do it, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever the case might be. Just go get the podcast and listen. How about that? All right, listen to The General next, right here. John McClain on Texans All-Access. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin air intelligence tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting DaikinLovesHouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. One final segment of this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, on this wonderful Monday evening. So beautiful to see no rain out. That's kind of nice. 
the first time in a few days. Man, last night flying back in, oh my goodness, between rain and the wind, holy cow, I don't know how we landed the plane. Then again, that's why we have the geniuses that we do flying planes and getting us to and fro safely. All right, let's talk to the general who had a lot of things to say about not just the game yesterday, but other goings on with us and the league. Your thoughts on yesterday, if there are any, as we're just trying to clean it up and move on to Indy. I thought that uh, when they had that 80-yard run on the first play, I thought, well, if you're a Texans fan, that could be a big uh-oh, especially considering how well they've been playing run defense in the pre five and six previous games, not counting Cleveland. And then I thought Trubisky, you know, you talk about a guy that needed a game like that. All week, he'd heard about Watson, 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 and he didn't have to throw the ball down the field. He had only one completion of more than 18 yards. He played very well, season's high, average 8.1 attempts, season high, 126.7 rating. And I thought the thing, the Bears also kept Deshaun Watson from throwing the ball down the field. Kiki QT and Chad Henson had averaged 17.8 yards per catch against the Colts, a better defense than the Bears had. But the Bears came in and limited those two guys to eight yards catch. And so that was a huge difference and didn't let them get down the field. The biggest pass play was that quick screen to Duke Johnson, who did a great job to go 48 yards. And the most alarming thing on offense is sacks. 12 sacks in two games. They had that many in the previous seven games so i don't know what's happened to the pass protection a couple of them watson could have gotten rid of the ball quicker but uh, aj mccarron had one and at brief time he came in but all in all just a terrible performance the most decisive loss since that baltimore game last year in november uh 40 what was that 41 to 7 you left out denver last that year. wasn't more that wasn't more than this one this no one but it was just who it it's just who it happened to. It was just the fact that No, it was I'm like, talking about the most decisive loss. Oh. Points. It's the worst since the Baltimore game last gotcha. year in Chicago. It was the Bears' most decisive victory since they beat Buffalo in November of last season. John, is there any positive that you take out of yesterday whatsoever? <laughs> well, wow. let's see. Um, the. Uh, the fact that Anthony Weaver is having to dial up blitzes to get pressure. He's had, I think, now four games in a row with a defensive back getting a sack. Eric Murray had had two, and Murray also had ten solo tackles. I would like to see. Uh, Buddy Howe came in. He ran when the Bears were expecting pass. But Buddy's big, and he runs straight. I wouldn't mind seeing if they're going to try to run the ball between the tackles, give him a shot against the Colts. I mean, why not bring in Dick Johnson as the uh, as the receiver out of the backfield? David Johnson, I don't know if he's going to be back or not, if it's contact tracing. I guess he was, but it's interesting. 108 yards rushing is the first time they've hit triple digits against any team other than Jacksonville since that opener against Kansas City. John McClain joining us. John, what about the rumors out there, reports of uh, top candidates for the job? You make anything of this as far as uh, I think Biennemi and Brian Schottenheimer are uh, reportedly big-time considerations to be top candidates for the Texans head coaching position? 
Well, gosh, the enemy, that's shocking. I've never heard this connection <laughs> with a shot. It's amazing, these national media guys. Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator of Seattle. Seattle has a great offense. It makes sense that he would be a candidate. Brian Dayball from Buffalo. People are talking about him. Arthur Smith from Tennessee. Everybody's talking about him. Defensive coordinators. Uh, I think Robert Sala is going to get a head coaching job. Matt Eberflus from Indianapolis, who knows the Texans better than any coach out there because he goes against them twice a year. He's supposed to get a job as well. So you can throw out any name there and say they're a candidate, and they're a candidate. And until they actually narrow the field down to say whether it's five or three or two, you know, you can you can mention almost any. That's not true, not almost anybody. And there could be somebody out there that one of these members of the advisory group are recommending. You know they're going to recommend quite a few. And then the search committee, one reason you get Jed used and the search firm is because they have a lot of information on all the candidates. And one thing you have to watch about is people recommending their friends, but that's going to happen with anybody. John, if I made you the GM, I'm not telling you which guy you want. Not tell me exactly what you want, but philosophically speaking, what do you want in a head coach? You've seen them all here, Dom, Gary, Bill. You've seen them all. You spent time with them all, and you know the organization right now. Philosophically, what do you, would you do in hiring a head coach? I want a leader. I want a guy who is when he comes to work, everybody and every day, everybody around him is fired up to come to work. Everybody is pulling for the same goal of winning. That's the way it was when Kubiak was here. You know, everybody came to work every day, fired up to try to help the team win. No divisiveness within the organization, no backstanding, you know, none of that. You know, you come to work and you're pumped for the common goal. And that would be, you know, you have to study that because when a guy has been a coordinator, uh, you need to know what his personality is. You need to know, does he stand up in front of the room? Is he quiet? Is he a guy that can stand up and give a speech? I'll give you an example. Arthur Smith of the Titans has been with him for 10 years. You don't ever hear him. You don't see him quoted, but once a week. And he's not a real outgoing guy, demonstrative on the sideline. But I and the people behind the scenes say he's very animated behind the scenes, a leader. People respect him. Same thing with Eric Bieniemy, Matt Eberflus, Robert Sala. People respect the hell out of Robert Sala. So these guys are out there, and the key is you got to get the right one. Nobody tells it straight up like the general because that's exactly the thought. You gotta have the right one. All right, big thanks to General Chandre Ware, to my man David Fletcher, to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you by Miller Lite. During this time of social distancing, cheering on the Texans over a beer might look a little different today. As the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. Whether you're toasting to friends near or far, great taste is always close by. Miller Lite, championship partner of the Houston Texans. Great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. 
However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season, you can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com slash online and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now, here's the show. <laughs> 